Hello and welcome to the Unnamed Automotive Podcast. My name is Sammy Hadjassad and with me is my friend Benjamin Hunting. Say hi to the people, Ben. Greetings, human and non-human listeners. Wow, Ben, that's very inclusive of you. I'm feeling generous. That is super generous of you, Ben. And Ben is not only generous, uh, generous, but he's a very talented automotive journalist. I'm just a normal one, so we balance each other out in that way. Stop uh, sucking up. Is, it's not going to work. If this is the first time you're listening to the podcast, we have all kinds of cool things to talk to you about today, including a very fun little small car and a fancy hybrid crossover. So, Ben, why don't you take it away with that Honda that you've been driving around? Well, I've spent the last week driving the Honda Fit Sport, which is Whoa, a... Whoa, Fit Sport! Yeah, it is a tiny, tiny subcompact hatchback that is absolutely huge inside, uh, thanks to Honda's decision to maximize cargo space, passenger room. They have this thing called the Magic Seat that does all sorts of crazy configurations. It's basically... Is it truly magical, though? It's, it's the kind of magic where, after you're done using it, you look down and your hands are just covered in glitter. It's oh, oh. it's like pixie dust meets practicality, and it's the kind of car that proves you don't need to buy an SUV, so please stop buying them. <laughs> um, so first of all, the Fit, as I understand, the Fit Sport is, is tailor-made for athletes, right? That's why it's called the Fit Sport. It's I just... have absolutely no idea why it's called the Fit Sport, because the Sport model is the second one up from the bottom. There's like, what, four models of the, of the Fit? Yeah, LX, Sport... EX and uh, EXL? Is there an EXL? I guess so. Okay. So the Fit Sport is like, you know, it, it's 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 that marketing move of like, well, we'll call it Sport and give it a give it some rims and and people will be like, will like it. But I have to say, it's actually fun to drive. Uh, this is a car that has a 1.5 liter four cylinder engine. It has, I think, around 130 horsepower, and the one I'm driving has a has a six speed manual. So right off the bat. It's it's a cool little package. Uh, that's a decent amount of power for a car this size. Um, you have to rev it all the way up. It, it's pretty buzzy when you get up there. I think it's like 6,600 RPM is where all the power is at, and it has like a 6,800 RPM redline. So you really have to beat on the car if you want to to get the power. But the alternative is the CVT that comes with this car, the continuously mm -hmm. variable transmission. I have not driven a fit with a CVT, but I've driven the uh, HRV which is like they took a Fit and a CRV and mashed them together and made it heavier, and you can get that, I think, only with a with a CVT. Is that right, right Sammy? That's right. And that it's terrible. It, it's not a great transmission. But this <laughs> this six-speed is really good, um, and I I enjoyed chucking the car around. I mean, it, it's not a great handler. I mean, the handling is fine. It's decent. And where you notice it kind of feeling good is because it's so light. So even if you make a mistake, it's not hard to correct uh, you're never going to get it over your head because you're never going to really be pushing the car that hard to begin with. It's just a very honest, um, basic type of transportation, and I can really get behind that. My favorite thing about the Fit is not only that it's actually fun to drive, it's um, really easy to drive. I can see this being a really strong candidate for a first car for somebody or even um, a car for older folks who don't want to climb into a car or anything like that. I guess so. I, it could be a decent car for older folks, um, I suppose. It's uh, semi bare bones in terms of features. Like I said, the, the the fit is you know one step up. The sport, sorry, is one step up from the bottom of the fit world. So you're not going to mm -hmm. get a ton of stuff with it. I'm, my car has heated seats. 
It's got, I think it has cruise control. I didn't look. That's that's a good question. Um, it's yeah, got, does it have cruise control? <laughs> it's got a, a fairly basic infotainment system, which is fine. It has a volume knob, which I appreciate. Not every Honda has that. And uh, it's it's a, not super quiet in any situation. Like on the highway, you're feeling the revs. Around town, you're hearing the revs. Smaller displacement engines like 1.5 liter type, um, anything below 2 liters, I guess, they kind of sound vacuumish when you push them hard. So it's not like it's thrilling. But uh, the car looks good from the outside. It's got it's my car is white and it has I guess kind of a little bit of a body kit on it, but it has uh, contrasting black rims and it's it's an Ooh. appealing yeah it's an appealing package. Um, okay, well I was thinking about um, all the sports that fit the, the Honda and the Fit should be incorporated with. I mean I think I think. Wouldn't it be great if like two MMA fighters like before getting into the octagon they uh, they like drove up in these Honda Fits and like unfolded themselves out and they could be like look at how much space I had and their whole no, entourage comes out. I think you'd have to I think you'd I think you'd have to fight inside the sport like you put. Oh, the, that's true. I mean, you fold those seats up, you've got so much space. Yeah, and then it's and and then it's it's all about technique, right? Like it, and, and <laughs> yeah. heavyweights are at a disadvantage because they can't move, so it's just defense at that point. So I think that would work. Yeah, until the other guy tires them out. It's like the rope of dope, but it's like in a Honda Fit. Would you watch a Honda Fit MMA? I would watch a Honda Fit launched into space <laughs> to take out a spy satellite. And like, but that has nothing to do no, with no, sport, though. Let me finish. And oh, as right. the Honda Fit is reaching orbit, it makes a tearful call to its its Fit spouse and tells it that it loves it, like in whatever way a car can love another car. And then it disintegrates when it hits the spy satellite. Okay, I can see that happening. But what about in a sport aspect? That's just the normal Honda Fit. That's the Honda Fit that's so this, honorable you know, and loves, <laughs> loves its family. This is a car that has the word sport in the name, yeah. but it also has rear drum brakes. What is that all about? Uh, how else are you going to get funky? You need, it, uh, you need some drums. It also has a torsion beam rear suspension. I have nothing funny to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> So um, yeah, it's, you're not into that. You think those are budget? Those are budget pieces. Well, a, it's, well, it's, it's not Almost. a sporty car. I mean, it, it's 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 a, it's not it's a non-sporty car with a sport in its name. It's fun to drive, but it's not a sports car. Um, those those rims on top of those rims, you also get fog lights. You get a spoiler in the front. You get a little diffuser in the back. You get that those sill panels I was talking about, the kind of the body kit, and a little bit nicer finish around the exhaust outlet. Um, you, you you get cloth seats. Finally, I, get, uh, finally, I would have bought a fit so long ago if it had a nicer looking exhaust. And you get cloth seats, and that's it. That's everything that comes with the fit sport. It's not like you're getting like stiffer sway bars, a suspension tuning, um, blah 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 blah. Intake. It's, it's, yeah, it's not it's not there. Um, I think you can get a Honda factory performance accessory package with the fit sport, which gives you like a 10 millimeter drop on the suspension. And uh, the rest of it's kind of like even more looks. Uh, but other, just getting the sport alone isn't going to give you that. Um, what was, I was going to add another element to your, to your commentary there. Um, the Honda Fit, I got nothing. I forgot what I was going to say. So Perfect. <laughs> You're a fantastic <laughs> podcast host. Unnamed Automotive Podcast, we got nothing. <laughs> Okay, so um, 
Are you upset with these uh, with these drum breaks and these torsion beams and this? Furious. Uh, you <laughs> no, are. I don't, I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. I'm no one who buys the Fit Sport is gonna be taking it to the racetrack. So it doesn't hey. matter. The car drives fine. It, in fact, it drives better than fine. I like driving it. Okay, perfect. I like that. That's what, but you know what? You were mentioning that all of these elements don't make a sporty car. But that's what I'm saying. That's why they, it's, it's perfect for athletes. Athletes have enough sport in their life that they should just have a car that's just you know pretty I, good. I don't think you should be deciding for athletes what they should and shouldn't have. Oh, they should have a Honda Fit Sport. I feel like that's really... <laughs> That's really overbearing. No, trust me, they should have a Honda Fit Sport, and they should always be talking about the Honda Fit Sport. Not, and they should also they should actually be like talking down all the other trim levels of the Honda Fit. They'll be like, no, forget that LX model. What EX? No, it's all about the Honda Fit Sport, man. Well, you know, it's funny because a lot of other automakers they take the word sport and they use it to refer to a hatchback. So like you end up with um like the Honda Honda Elantra, uh, Hyundai Elantra, Hyundai Elantra. Didn't we have? Is isn't it the Elantra Sport is the hatchback, right? No, the Honda, the Elantra Sport is the, the GT. That's yes. the GT. That's right. Uh, sorry, so I don't know what I'm talking about. Let's just. That's keep okay. Um. So, yeah, Honda Fit Sport. How that's much pretty. Is this thing? It's really cheap. I, I don't mean I cheap like poorly built. I just mean like I think it's it starts at 17, but the Sport itself, the the Sport model is 18.3. So like that's. The most expensive, if you want to get the EXL, and the L stands for leather, in case you were curious, uh, it's $21,395. I'm sorry, I was talking all over that. Yeah, so it's $21,000, which is not a lot of money, but the Sport is three grand cheaper. And you know what the cool thing about Fits and most Hondas is they kind of live forever. I mean, I've seen a lot of Honda Fits in that that second generation, or that, sorry, the previous generation model, um, still on the road, a bajillion kilometers. Uh, still getting pretty decent fuel economy because the uh, the earlier model had a five-speed automatic, I believe. Um, I think the six-speed and the CVT is a little bit more fuel efficient than yeah, that. Yeah, I think it gets 31 city, 36 highway, if that's possible. I'm not that's sure exactly. That's your current car? That's the yeah. car you're driving? Yeah, if you if you oh. want more, I think it gets 40 with the CVT. I, I could have that flipped. Um, okay. It might be more efficient with the manual, but uh, I don't know. It, 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 it's going to be efficient because it's a small engine with a small car with low curb weight. All of that together is going to make it way more efficient than a crossover. So you're, excuse me, you're getting 52 cubic feet of cargo space with those seats folded down. And that is what? going to, yeah, that is, <laughs> that is going to match vehicles like the Honda CX-5, sorry, the, the, the Mazda CX-5 and um, the Ford Escape, I believe is right around there too. Or maybe it's the Escape is around 60. But uh, it, it's 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 big or as big or bigger than cars like the Volkswagen Golf, which is a much larger vehicle. Um, it the, the use of interior space is really well done. What could I do with that much? I could live in that. I could live in that much square footage. That of, is three uh, on three with a half court. That is the. <laughs> that is yeah, what the man. Honda Fit Sport brings to the table. I love it. Um, so here's the thing about the Honda Fit. And I, I'm, now I'm dragging out the subject a little bit longer. but Yeah, just a little bit. Just just enough so that everyone who's listening is already tired of it. No, no. People need to know about this. If, you were gonna get a, if there was going to be another generation of Honda Fit, what would it need to do? What would it need to be? I don't where, understand what you're saying. This is Where is this car going? Uh, our this car was just still... refreshed. Like, what yes. do you want? Where does this? Is there still a segment for compact compact cars, compact hatchbacks that are twenty one thousand dollars like this, um, or are CV, are crossovers going to just eat that up? Well, you know, uh, you know as well as I do that Honda does not often change its lineup. 
So yeah. I think that the fit is safe for now. I don't think it's going anywhere. Um, they took them a super long time to add the HRV. Mm-hmm. So Honda, I be- I would really like to think that Honda hasn't totally bitten in on the SUV craze. Mm-hmm. I think they might be playing a longer game to see where this goes. And they might not want to develop... I mean, ostensibly, the HRV replaces the fit in terms of practicality. Uh, it's roughly the same size inside. But you end up with worse fuel mileage as a result. And I don't know how happy Honda is about that trade-off. And I think we should also point out the fact that the fit is available all around the world in a, with a different name. I think it's called the Jazz uh, okay. in other markets. So that's a big deal because crossovers aren't aren't as much of a global thing, I think. I think they're much more popular in America than they are in other markets. And I just want to pour one out for Jazz from the first Transformers movie. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, I was hoping you jazz. were going to bring that up. Well, you know, you brought it up. You said his name. No, or, or I its was name. <laughs> and now we have to... We can do the rest of the podcast. I think you can get through it. I would like to think you can get through it. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, so Jazz R.I.P. or wherever it is robots go when they die on the big screen. They and, get recycled, don't they? Well, that's an even more terrifying concept. Thank you for bringing that up, Sammy. <laughs> <laughs> Recycling a robot. Go? Why wouldn't a don't robot, worry. especially a death-dealing machine like Don't a, worry, like a Billy. Your robot's dead, but it's being recycled and torn into pieces and losing its identity. And other robots will come from that robot, but not like they, not like humans when they give birth. <laughs> it's a much, much worse. Yeah, about right. Yes. All right, I think uh, Honda Fit segment has gone a little too far and a little too wacky for uh, for us to continue with it. Any more? Any anything else you want to say? Anything you would rather take in its class than the Fit? Probably not. Um, I, I agree with you. It's hard to think of what's in its class, though. I mean, what do you consider? Yeah. This, this car is so big inside. Like, what else do you think goes up against the fit? That's not be- fair. You, the fact that you mentioned how much interior space is not fair. No, but be- in terms be- of, I think, wheelbase, you, you're looking in, in pricing. You're looking at, like, the Rio, the Yaris, the Accent. So I really uh, like the, the Rio. Sonic? Maybe? Uh, the Sonic is a good vehicle. The Rio is a good vehicle. The Accent. These are all good vehicles. Versa Note? So, so um, yeah, uh, the Versa starts to fall off, I think, in terms yeah. of appeal. I, I, I wouldn't take if, if, if you were comparing them. Um, I would say that you know, a vehicle like the Sonic and the Fit, they're very comparable drive in, in terms of how they drive. The Fit obviously has the interior space advantage, and it's also a, a it's a much newer platform too. And I think you can get a Sonic with a turbo though, right? Yeah, I think they actually might torque. they might all be turbos now if I'm not mistaken. I don't know if they did the same move that the Cruise did, but the, the 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 Sonic kind of feels like a dead man walking in the sense that nothing's really happened with it for a long time and I'm not sure how committed GM is to that space. But I I, I think an Elantra, sorry, a, I think a um an Accent or a Rio is a strong competitor to the Fit. Well, mainly because those two cars have just been like um not refreshed. They just have a new generation, right? Like they're they're brand spanking new, um, and that that gives them an advantage um, to to keep up with the fit. But I think the fit has them beat in terms of what people really want: lots of car for the money, and that's what you get with this fit. Um, I'm going to do, transition us to the next subject. Are you okay with that? I'm I'm embracing myself for impact. Okay. Well, what I've got is something that is. Marketed as a crossover, but doesn't quite doesn't always feel like one. And 
it's not commonly thought of as a hybrid. I'm talking, of course, about the Kia Niro, which is a compact crossover with a front-wheel drive hybrid powertrain, I believe. Um, and it's an extremely fuel-efficient car, and just like the Fit, uh, fills a niche. The niche is, if you wanted a car that got you excellent fuel economy, um, but didn't want to compromise in terms of space. I mean, te technically, in the past, when you wanted a car that was really good on gas, you had to get something that was small as a result, small and lightweight as a result, or at the very least, a Prius, which is kind of weird looking and um, lacking in space. But the Nero, the Nero really bucks that trend, and I think that's um, a pretty, a pretty significant addition to the market. Well, I think that the Nero really came across as a vehicle where they built a purpose-built hybrid, as in a platform that wasn't being used by any other vehicle at the time, and they didn't make it look like it came from the future. Yeah, it looks like a totally normal little hatchback. And... I think it was actually understyled to be. You know, I'm, I, mm -hmm. I I drove the Nero three years ago in Korea before it was released, about a year before it was released, and they asked us for our opinions on how it looked. And the, the version of the Nero that I saw looked a lot blander than the one we got. And I think that they might have taken, I think they might have gotten a lot of feedback about how the car was just a little bit too anonymous. And mm -hmm. they changed it so that it gave some more personality. Because that was the, one of the things I took, I liked so much about the vehicle. But when I looked at it, I was like, you know, it's really plain. You're going to love this car because of how much range it gets, though. Who cares what it looks like when it is actually – it gets 50 miles per gallon, man, combined. 50. Yeah, that is, that is impressive. And it, not only that, how much do you think this hybrid weighs? I think it weighs 3,100 pounds. I hate you. Is that how much it weighs? <laughs> yeah, what the – that's really light for a hybrid, isn't it? I, a hybrid I, crossover? I guess. I mean, I, I'm not going to contribute to a bad hybrid body image by uh, feeding this narrative. I think that's a great weight for a, for a car like this. Um, I'm super surprised at the way it drives as well. It never feels like a big car. It really isn't, but um, it has a lot of space. You can you have a, a, tr a hatchback design. You have a liftback. You know, you have that um, a ton of space in the cargo area, and you can fold down the rear seats for even more. And typically, with a hybrid car, you have the um, you have this compromise. You have this issue where the battery is usually under that second row of seating, uh, or the motors are, are under that second row of seating. And as a result, there's not a lot of headroom in the back, and the load floor for the for the trunk is much higher. Now, the Nero does have a higher load floor than I would I expected it to, but it, because the car has um, pretty much a tall roof. You can uh, you can get away with it, and it has a lot of cargo space as a result. Well, so let's call it what it is. It's a wagon. It is a wagon. It makes okay. So it has uh, a total a total cargo capacity, I believe, with those rear seats folded down, um, of fifty four cubic feet, fifty four point five cubic feet, which I think is pretty impressive. It's useful. So it's pretty much the same as the Fit, right? Even though it's a larger vehicle. Yes, but the fit, yes the fit because hey the fit has those those <laughs> fantastic seats that can that I mean, can allow you to use. They're just uh, so magical. It's just it's like it's, it's a portal. It's, it's like those <laughs> a portal to magic. You know how in video games you can like characters can hold as many freaking items as they want. No, no, no. That only is, if they have the magical bag. You have to have a magical bag of holding to do that, Sammy. You yeah. can't just hold as many bags as you want. It's not how video games work. It's a Honda Fit. That's what they they actually care literally carry around a Honda Fit, and they just care whip out their guns or whatever they've got. Weapons. So if I put a Honda Fit on the roof of the Nero, how much cargo space do I have? 
Um, all of it. You have all and the cargo space. Follow-up question. Yeah. Do I get? Does it combine their fuel economy together to make eighty Nine, miles per yeah, gallon? Ninety miles per gallon. Oh, yeah, it's eighty miles per gallon. Eighty-eight miles per gallon. It's Excellent. fantastic. When this monstrosity hits eighty-eight miles per gallon. Yeah. <laughs> Where do we go back into the future? Into the uh, ice age. What? Why the ice age? Why did you go back that far? Because that's before <laughs> humans screwed everything up. With no, there their... were humans in the ice age. Oh, that feels extreme, Sammy. Oh, okay. Why do you have to be so extreme? Ben, how much do you think the Nero cost? Thirty-one hundred dollars. No, you're wrong. You mistook uh, weight for dollars again. Ah. Uh, the Nero starts at twenty-three thousand bucks. Okay, so yeah. a little bit more than a Honda Fit. <laughs> a little Sport. bit more than a Honda Fit. Much more fuel efficient. Um, at at least ten miles per gallon more, and um, not as powerful. I will I will admit. Um, it makes a combined horsepower rating of one hundred and thirty nine ponies. That's that is that is nine horsepower more than a Honda Fit. How, how much horsepower does the Honda Fit have in your mind? <laughs> one hundred and thirty. Yeah, so this makes a hundred. This makes 139, and it's not quite as powerful. Sorry, not much, not much, not more power, not ex, not a lot. Oh my God, Ben! I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, I tell you, I get flustered talking about the Honda Fit Sport too. You don't have to be ashamed. Oh, it's our worst podcast. <laughs> um, it doesn't complete. It doesn't blow the the Honda Fit out of the water in terms of um power is what I was trying to say. Um, with which is great considering they're not competitors. <laughs> yes, but it does make 195 pound-feet of torque, which is pretty impressive. The weirdest part about the Nero, the biggest uh, point that like, is, a, is, a, is, a, is a strike against it is that transmission. It is really good in, in, in motion and low speeds. It's a six-speed dual-clutch transmission, and the, and the electric motors really fill in the gap of the jerkiness of a, of a DCT. But when you stomp your foot down, when you put your foot down, you want to make a pass with this thing, it, um, it really lets you down. Um, you can feel the car wanting to find the right gear. You can feel the engine revving up to meet that, um, that demand. And then there's this huge gap of, of torque where nothing happens and then suddenly the car gets going. And it feels like a CVT, but in the worst way possible. Um, and that's a big, that's a, that's a serious problem. But I guess at the same time, no one is buying this car for its performance. Uh, this is strictly a fuel-minded uh, crossover. And yeah, I don't think, I don't think, yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, no one's buying a Prius for performance either. And, and this is a car that's, I, I believe it's less expensive than a Prius. Uh, I don't know off the top of my head how much Prius costs. So stall the listener while I look, okay? <laughs> Did you know that if you're staring up into the night sky and you look directly at a star, it will actually get dimmer? This is because in okay, your let's eye. Stop. Let's just stop there. I don't even know what the Prius, how much the Prius is, but that's <laughs> ridiculous. The Prius starts at also uh, just uh, over $23,000 like the Nero. So okay. I would rather take a Nero over the Prius just because of how much space it has and how normal it looks. Uh, this is a huge, this is a huge deal. I think this card's fantastic. Well, I know you're always striving to fit in, so I mean, I can totally understand your perspective. Ben, why you gotta throw shade on me like that, man? <laughs> uh, all my life I have fit in, and this is me trying to fit in even more. If only you could fit sport in. <laughs> even if I can fit sport in. Uh, I have a, fu- I have a, 
Yeah. I have a fun story about the Honda, about the uh, Kia Niro. Would, you, would you like? You to don't even it? know what we're talking about anymore. <laughs> Kia, Kia Niro. So, um, when I was in when I was in Korea to drive the prototype, um, the the drive that we were on, the event had originally been scheduled in June, but there was a crazy killer flu that attacked Korea and it was killing people. And people who were involved in the program, they got panicked and they're like, okay, we're going to delay the program until the flu stops murdering. (laughs) And that ended up pushing the program all the way to, I believe it was October. So October happens. I go to Seoul. What they had done was they didn't change anything about the itinerary of the program. So there was a very long period of driving these prototypes from the Namyang prototype development facility, their testing grounds, which is like an industrial area that's uh, about an hour and a half outside of Seoul itself. Mm. We were driving in that area, and most of the driving off the site took place in the late afternoon. But it was October, so the sun was going down like way earlier than it would have in June. And the program went on into the night, like until about six o'clock. None of us knew where we were going because it's it's very industrial. There's just not a lot of landmarks. Everyone started getting lost in like this dark part oh, of no. Korea. What? And the engineers, we, we each had engineer riding in the car with us to answer questions. And they kind of started panicking <laughs> because the cars weren't coming back. No one knew where people were, et cetera, et cetera. All of this to say, we were driving past uh, kind of like a housing development on our in 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 a bit of darkness let's say it's twilight mm. and we're on our way back to the uh facility and the engineer behind us is like mm, this is a very interesting area um uh of of namyang he says like uh, a few years ago, he says you see those buildings over there he's like a few years ago they would not have built here he's like uh this was just empty area he's like mm, very popular with serial killers what <laughs> And I'm like, that's what I said. I'm like, what do you mean? Popular, popular with, with serial killers. So like, like all the serial killers hang, like they all bought a place here. And they all... It's actually worse than that. So the area before it was developed was just kind of this like marshy wasteland kind of thing. And he's like, kill, serial killers would go out there. He's like, and he's like, and they would take their bodies of their victims and they would just dump them here. And this is like very popular for that. And this was out of nowhere. (laughs) We were just driving, and he felt the need to mention this. So he's like, but now he's like, much better, much no more serial killers, just just homes and houses and families. (laughs) Like, okay, that's 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 great. I think he was uh, maybe he was projecting. Maybe that's where he used to hang out. That's that's my Kieran Nero story. Oh, cool. Um, I love that. Every story should have a serial killer story, or Uh, or a lack of serial killers. No, that's not as much fun. Um, I wanted to talk to you about something before we hung up on the podcast. There's a – did you know that there's a new Supra coming? <laughs> a new what? A new what? Toyota what? Supra? What the what? A Toyota Supra? I did I did hear a rumor that maybe that was going to happen, but that's like – Why did I have to say that so many times? I feel like the Supra is kind of like the NSX in the sense that the prototype was like it went through a generational refresh <laughs> before it was actually went on sale it just it was around for so and i feel like these rumors are the same thing with this it's like the c8 corvette i think there've been like four versions of the c8 corvette in secret yeah. <laughs> and we still haven't seen the production model so i feel that way about the supra okay but well, t- tell me more about this so-called supra we're almost certain it's going to show up at uh, the geneva motor show at least a concept that will that will paint a picture of the of the real deal, um, but 
some publications leaked some photos, or maybe we're seeing some leaked photos of the Super and its specs. Now, as you know, Toyota is working with BMW with this um, car. It will also be the BMW, I believe the Z4. Um, the the what for? <laughs> Z4. Ah, okay. Ben, you're killing me. Um <laughs> The BMW Z4, a car that is in desperate need of um, being replaced. Is that car even on sale anymore? I, I thought they pulled it for a while. I think, I think I thought they it was did. A, it was a really cool car when it showed up, and it has the, the Z cars have a pretty cool heritage as well. The Z3 and the Z4, uh, Z Coupe, Z8, uh, Z8, sorry. Um, <laughs> You're learning. <laughs> I can't believe I just switched in the middle of that. I just said Z like 17 times in a row and was like, That's no, impressive. this is the Z8. <laughs> Um, anyways, the Supra also has a pretty impressive legacy as well. I think it has um, a really soft, it has a soft spot with enthusiasts and tuners, and it'll be really interesting to see what this car uh, really turns out to be with them. But I've heard I've heard some uninteresting things about it. I've heard that so I've seen a couple leaked photos where it looks kind of bland, but more to the point, I've heard that it will be essentially a BMW. And everything about it will be BMW, and it's just going to be rebadged for Toyota. And it's going to come, the Toyota version is going to have a turbocharged straight-six engine that makes 335 horsepower and comes exclusively with an automatic transmission. Is that what you've heard too, Sammy? Yeah, I've heard. Now, the horsepower number isn't the biggest concern to me, but the manu- the automatic is, is a bit of an issue. Um, I think... You know, if you want to bring back a sports car, it needs to be done right, um, especially with the nameplate like the Supra. It needs to be done right, and I think that the manual transmission is an important part of that that factor. What do you think? I think the so I'm gonna I'm actually of a different opinion because I think that maybe one percent of buyers will buy the manual because this is going to be an expensive car. It's going to be sold as a GT, I think. And if you look at the size of what I think the the Supra is going to be and the weight. I can't think of another comparable sports car that only has 335 horsepower. I mean, look at the the Red Sport 400 horsepower Infinity that that's come out, mm-hmm. the, two, the the Q60 Coupe that, that that exists. I think you need to be at least the Q60 in terms of power if you're going to call yourself. Yeah, if you're going to call yourself the Supra, come on, man. This thing slots right in between them with 335. But from what I'm reading. In between ways, what? In between the sorry, the three liter, uh, the, sorry, the three hundred horsepower and the four hundred horsepower Q sixty. Yeah, you, that that's garbage. I mean, okay, but hold up, you, you want to shock and awe with this car? We gotta stop you for a minute here. The Q sixty has its issues, specifically weight. Uh, it weighs a bajillion pounds. Doesn't because it? it's a luxury car, the Supra is not. So I've heard that the the Supra, or I've read that the Supra will weigh something like thirty two hundred pounds. I, I, you know, how much does a 370Z weigh? I don't know. Probably right around 32, 3,300 pounds. You love the Z. The Z is an old school sports car. I think the Z is not really competitive in its segment, and I think that's because it doesn't have enough power for its size. And, uh, you know, regardless, uh, marketing optics are really important here. And this is a car that's been off the market for 15 years, at yeah. least, in North America. And they're going to, longer than that, and they need to really impress people with this. And I don't think, like, a warmed-over BMW drivetrain is, is going to do that. I think I, th- I want to see something special. And I don't think I'm alone when I think just think the Super should be a special car. And if it's not, it's a missed opportunity for Toyota. Okay, what about what about uh, times? The, the, the old Zeros, the, the old Supra was... Pretty much a monster in terms of the straight speed. It was a ja- it was Japanese muscle, right? Uh, this thing can apparently do. The leaked rumors say that it can do zero to sixty 
in under four seconds, 3.8 seconds, in fact. So maybe okay, that that, if that's automatic. true, there's no way it's 335 horsepower. Well, if it uses a BMW engine, this is a weird thing, but many BMW engines are are, are apparently, like, underrated. Like No, I, I hear what you're saying, but a, a, a BMW 340 doesn't do 0 to 16 under four seconds, does but it? But that's because it's a big sedan. It's not – I don't a heavy think so. Sedan. It's not nearly that heavy. It's not 3,200 pounds. No, but it's not – 4,000 pounds. <laughs> no, it's not. So, not. I would love to see a 4,000 pound BMW, uh, BMW 3 Series. Maybe oh the goodness. electric car. So the all-wheel drive version of the 340 is like 3,800. Oh, okay. So we're not far off. But I wonder what the... <laughs> I don't I don't have a, a weight on the uh, the rear-wheel drive. Um, interesting, right? Are you... You're, you're losing faith here. Um, I don't think it's going to be that expensive. I think this is a car that would be marketed as a Japanese alternative to a Mustang GT. Although the, those already numbers... already have the... No, uh, sorry, go on. The, although those me. numbers are, are a little... Dis- like, like the spec sheet says some pretty pretty sad stuff in terms of horsepower numbers. But I think it can still do the job. The BRZ... It doesn't have 300 horsepower. And GT86... A, are the alternative to the Mustang? No, the Supra the G- yeah. Mustang GT. I want to talk about the Mustang GT. Those are yeah, great. But Toyota doesn't to think. The... There's no way Toyota is making a Supra to go up against the Mustang. That doesn't make sense. I mean, the original Supra didn't do that. It was extremely expensive. It was fifty thousand dollars in the nineties. That's crazy. This is money. not going to be a hundred thousand dollar car. That's I'm insane. not saying it's going to be a hundred thousand dollar car, but I'm also not saying it's going up against the Mustang GT. I mean, that's a that's a low bar for them to aim at to build like a whole new vehicle out of nothing to aim at the Mustang. They'll never get Mustang sales. They have to know that. So I mean, that's the, true. The, Mustang, the profits are, Mustangs and Camaros just sell like insane, right? Yeah, the profits are going to have to come from a higher MSRP. That that's just my opinion. But I think they they're just happy to have another car, and BMW is going to have that Z as well. They split the cost on that, right? I guess so, but I can't think of a car that sells lo- less than a BMW Z. It's, I mean, it's a very niche car. It's a very very low volume car for them. Well, the other idea is that they're going to go racing with this thing, and that's kind of cool too, isn't it? I guess so. Wouldn't you like to see Toyota back in some motorsports? Um, I guess they are in most in some motorsports already, right? Well, they're dominating NASCAR, so <laughs> and they're doing the a pretty good job there. And they're the only people in the world endurance uh, racing now, Man. just to compete against themselves. That's harsh. They are though. I mean, uh, Audi's out, right? You tell me. You seem to know all about it. Ben. Yeah, they are. <laughs> Um, I'm eager to see what this car is going to be all about. Uh, the Geneva Motor Show is just a short while away, and that's going to be a prototype, apparently, or, or a concept, from what I understand. But they seem to call it, you know, they say the legend is returning. So the well, luxury sports it, car from Toyota is the Supra, right? I, You know, yes. I mean, there have been good and bad Supras throughout time. It's not like the Supra can do no wrong. So it, maybe it won't be great. But why not do something like the Lexus... Um, the, the, uh, my goodness, I can't even remember what, the LC. Yeah. It's such a good car. And I don't understand why Toyota can't make, can't take that engine, that V8 engine, and at least offer a version of the Supra that is anywhere near as exciting and engaging as the, uh, as the lower volume Lexus luxury car. I mean, it just... They, they, they're capable of doing such crazy great work, and they don't always do it, and that's frustrating. That is really frustrating, and that's a, that's a staple of Toyota and Lexus sometimes. It really is disappointing in that case. 
Yeah, um, I mean, look at look at their pickup program. I mean, they could make an amazing full-size pickup. The Tundra could be great. And instead, they've kind of ceded that market entirely to the domestic automakers. You know, they're running the plant that they built to build the Tundra in San Antonio. They're, 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 half of that plant is building um, the uh, Tacoma. Because yeah. they never even came close to maxing out on Tundra sales. And when they had the chance to redesign the Tundra a couple of years ago, they did absolutely nothing. They sat on their hands. We got mostly cosmetic tweaks, no drive chain changes. And you had a truck that was really exciting when it first came out and then was left behind because one of the uh, – in the last, I don't know, 10 years, the full-size pickup truck market has just skyrocketed in terms of innovation. Yeah, all so, the other trucks have gone through like two generations in the in the time that – Yeah, and you've got, you've got light-duty diesels. You've got yeah. turbocharged engines. You've got crazy beautiful interiors and safety equipment and mm-hmm. infotainment. And Toyota was just kind of like, okay – and they could <laughs> and it's they not could. fair i mean honestly you're right when you brought up lexus as well lexus shows off really high-end materials that could be wicked in a toyota t- uh, tundra i don't know if a buyer would really be into that but it's a it's a differentiating factor that none of the other automakers could, could would be able to keep up with and, and and just in terms of engineering toyota is such a cop- capable company there's no reason they couldn't build the best pickup in the world they choose not to and that's the most frustrating part that is tough so i wonder what's going to happen with this supra if it is just a re badge bmw and we both know that bmw has uh has been wayward in their approach to um driving joy um their cars are no longer as not as engaging as they used to be then again the i8 showed us a different uh a different tune of the folks over there right yeah well i mean bmw is going after the luxury market toyota doesn't have to do that so there's there's a chance that things could be different I hope well, so. we saw the what was the 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 FT1 concept? Is that the one that came out a couple of years ago? Yeah. That was really really crazy styling and very eye catching and exciting. And I see the the camouflage versions of the Supra in the photos, and it, it doesn't really come across as dramatic. And I don't know if that's because you can't see the details, but the, I guess we'll find out soon enough. The leaked photos look like a tinier version of the FT1. It looked kind of cool. All right. Well, here's hoping. Here is because hoping. I would I would love to see an amazing Supra. I just don't want. It needs to be I, right I don't price. want to be disappointed. I can't get invested in it and have it not work out. And okay, then it's like, okay. you know, my heart will break. I know. And you have a very fragile heart. I mean, remember Everything when... Everything about remember, me is fragile. <laughs> remember when the uh, Nissan Cube went away and you got really disappointed? And the Honda Element, the Honda Element didn't get a second Kinda, generation? How am I going to transport my dogs if I don't have a Honda Element? I mean, yeah. it's no one even thinks about me. Well, you have the Kia Soul. I guess so. But they never made a dog version. Uh, they have the hamster version. That's true, but my hamsters stay in the house. They're their house house hamsters. That's so weird. Why would they associate a car, uh, the an a pet that is so stationary and solid and that you keep in a home, with an automobile, which is something that you usually take out? Are they trying? Because to they're making fun of the hamster heart in imports. Oh, gotcha. Five Thanks years for- five years later, Sammy gets the advertising <laughs> campaign. <laughs> And with that, I think we should say goodbye to our listeners. But before we do, let's tell them where we can find the podcast um, if they want to listen to us again. <laughs> ben, you where would they go? The po- you can go to unnamedautomotivepodcast.com, mm-hmm. which is the centralized location for all of our past, current, and future episodes. And you can also find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, all that good stuff. We have links on the website, but you can also search for us within iTunes and find us that way. You can also go to Facebook and find the Unnamed Automotive Podcast Facebook page where we have links to um, recent broadcasts as well as pictures. 
And if you want to get in touch with either Ben or myself, I would suggest that you do it through Twitter. You can find me at underscore uh, at Sammy underscore ha, huh? and you can find Ben at Hunting Benjamin. So until that, we speak again. Um, everyone have a great week, Sammy. What are you going to be doing next week? Um, I'm not sure. I'll He's be not sure. <laughs> I'm not 100% sure. We we do record these things in advance. I'm uh, I, Don't break the fourth wall. <laughs> I'm going to be driving some cars, Ben. That's what I'm going to be doing. What are you doing? I'm going to be driving the uh, Cadillac CT6. And I'm, going to be te- I'm going to be testing a Super Cruise, and I'm excited about that because I haven't used it yet. I mean, I'm I'm really hedging my expectations because it's wintertime, and I don't expect it to work properly, but I'm willing to give it a chance. All right. That sounds exciting, and I can't wait to hear more about that. Um, but for everyone else, thank you for listening and we'll talk to you later. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.